Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, the podcast where we cook up a delicious blend of cybersecurity, privacy, and data protection topics to serve you a hearty bowl of insights. Whether you like your gumbo spicy with a dash of encryption or prefer a milder flavor with a side of compliance, we've got you covered. So grab a spoon, sit back, and let's dive into the pot of data protection gumbo. All right, welcome to another episode of Data Protection Gumbo. I am your host, Demetrius Malbro, and today I have another fantastic episode lined up for everyone. I have Paul Lewis on, who is the CEO and founder of Calamu, and he's also been in the data protection and cybersecurity space for many years, also having formerly founded and led PG Lewis LLC and MC2, and both companies were strategically acquired. He is also a court-appointed expert on data protection and also a contributor to the NIST Cybersecurity Practice Guide and has advised the SEC, FBI, Department of Homeland Security, and the U.S. Department of Justice on emerging trends in information security. So we're very fortunate to have Paul on today. Paul, how are you? I'm doing great, Demetrius. I'm very fortunate to be here with you. All right, let's start with the obvious question as what is Kalamu? Give us the rundown. Yeah, great. So Kalamu is a data protection company. We've got a cyber storage solution that we call a data harbor um, that completely self-heals from something like a ransomware attack with no downtime uh, and no threat of data that's exfiltrated. So we're having fun. We're, we're a startup company here. We've got some great investors behind us. And uh, yeah, we're looking to change the landscape on how cyber storage happens. All right. Awesome. So we, I guess we're both in the right place. And let, let's start with the big threat, right? The one that we're, we're hearing in the, in the news often and I think just recently, the last week or two, it's it's been all about Las Vegas and casinos. And I mean, there's there's been some really high profile cyber attacks and ransomware, lots of, lots of different things happening, right? So I guess from, from your vantage point and, and where you're sitting, how, how is ransomware a, a unique problem, especially for, for backup? Great question. So, you know, ransomware, first off, ransomware is a cyber attack. Cyber attacks are constantly evolving. These are organized attacks. These are, these are smart criminals behind these things. Uh, if we think about ransomware, you know, ransomware is unique to backup because, first off, backup is a solution for ransomware, right? If you're hit with ransomware, your data is encrypted, you're going to use your backup to restore your information to the last snapshot that you took of it. But backups weren't really designed to be a, a cyber protection tool. They've kind of evolved in that direction. Um, you know, backup really is about accidental deletion or you've got a problem with your systems or corrupt data. You want to go back to the prior version. It now is a solution also for a ransomware attack. Um, but ransomware is much different than something like accidental deletion or even a natural disaster like an earthquake um, because ransomware has people behind it and those people want your money. They are bad, bad people and they are trying to get money out of you. So unlike something like uh, you know an earthquake, we've got constantly evolving uh, new attack vectors that the bad actors are trying. We've got 
really clever social engineering tactics. You know, phishing, AI phishing, I think is really going to be a, a very, very difficult thing for us to combat. Uh, and the, attack, the attacks are always getting more sophisticated. Yeah, right? yeah, it, it really is. And uh, I think the the one with the big casino, I think it was a help desk uh, social engineering attack that actually did it. So more and more sophisticated, as you mentioned. And also another thing as well that we're seeing is that, you know, we're using artificial intelligence and they are also using artificial intelligence as well. What, what are you seeing from, from your perspective around, you know, AI being used, whether it's on the protection front or whether it's on the uh, cyber attack front? Uh, well, so first off, AI is coming very quickly, right? Yeah, it's and here. It is, it's here. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's evolving. It's really, it's really getting interesting now. Um, but with things like deep fakes, it's super easy now that you can, I can create you and have your voice and have have you FaceTime your mom and she thinks she's talking to you. And that's really yeah. scary, right? Yeah, it is. So, you know, from a social engineering viewpoint, we've got a lot of problems ahead of us. Um, I guess the good news is, if we can find some good news in that, is we're also applying AI in different strategies for protection and for cyber. So, you know, kind of fighting the good and the bad with the emerging technologies uh, we got to just stay ahead of the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Now, do, do you think it's uh, it's really hard to stay ahead of the bad guys? Because, you know, they, they're working around the clock. It's like they have follow the sun support, right? They have call centers, help desks, uh, ransomware as a service. They have kits. I mean, they are full-fledged operations, pretty much kind of how we're, we're running our businesses today. Do you see, do you see it ever slowing down or if if we're ever ever going to be able to get a hold of of uh, stopping some of these cyber attacks maybe you can't stop them but maybe you could at least be ready and uh, recover recover quickly yeah well i mean look if you're an automobile manufacturer your job is to try to make the best automobile that you can if you're a pharmaceutical company your job is to come out with the next killer drug that's going to you know keep people healthy if you're a if you're a cyber criminal your job is to steal money so that is, you know, that is what they're focused on. Can we stay ahead of them? It's really difficult for us to stay ahead of them, right? We've got shrinking budgets. We've got, you know, growing cyber problems. Um, and companies, U.S.-based companies are focused on getting their product out the door. Unfortunately, there's not enough investment made in defending or protecting the data. Uh, and, and furthermore, Many mid-sized or small companies really don't do anything about it, and if you know they wait until they're attacked, or they're going to you know kind of play the game that we hope we're not going to get attacked. And that's why we're not staying ahead of them. That's that's why we're not light years ahead of them, uh, and we got to kind of change the mindset on how seriously this threat is. Okay, and I've seen all different types of terminology around, uh, like keeping a backup, super secure. Uh, I've seen. Recovery Vault, Cyber Vault, um, I'll throw in some other terms, Air Gap, Immutability, I mean, all different types of uh, ways in order to keep backups secure so that when you need to recover, you you can do that. What, what, are, what are Cyber Vaults and are they effective from, from where you sit? So Cyber Vault is really like a mutable storage, right? It's a really safe way to protect your data. 
once you put it there, maybe it can't get changed. Um, but I just, you know, I want to point out one thing. When we talk about backup, what, what we're doing now is we're backing up our backups, right? So we're thinking that we're safer if we've got two copies or three copies, or I think Veeam has the three, two, one uh, architecture. If I put on my incident responder hat, we're actually creating additional attack vectors for the bad guys, right? So we're putting our data in more places for them to go and get it. So a cyber vault is another place to put your data. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a place that can grow, you know, scale very, very, very quickly. Um, Gartner is expecting unstructured data to grow 300% over the next three years. So we've already got a tremendous staggering amount of data. We're going to have more and more of that. And we've got additional attack vectors, right? More data, again, I think means more attack vectors. But with huger data sets, we need to figure out better ways to protect that data, not just backing it up. We've got a couple of things. You had mentioned air-gapped. Air-gapping, in my opinion, is kind of old-fashioned technology. Uh, it's There are a lot of problems around air-gapping. I mean, it's difficult to manage. It doesn't scale. Um, it could be, it could add a lot of time to recovery if you need to go to an air gap solution to get it back. Something that no one's really even talking about is you connect your air gap solution to your network, you push data to it, and then you disconnect it, you air gap it, right? That's what you're physically doing is disconnecting it. At some point in the future, you're going to want to reconnect it if you've got a problem. And nobody's really talking about how quickly networks change, and it might be really difficult just to reconnect the device. Um, you know, the port that you want to plug it into might not exist any longer or format is different. So just some, some of the things and immutability, you know, immutable backup only solves part of the problem. Um, we've got, when we talk about immutability, we are protecting the backup. So it can't be modified or changed, but it still could be exfiltrated, which is a gigantic problem that we're seeing, right? Bad right. guys go yeah. and they yeah. steal your data, and then doesn't matter how, you know, what protection methodologies you've got in place or how quickly you can restore, all bets are off. Your data's gone. Yeah, I think I saw something not too long ago that they seem to be not going for encrypting your data anymore, and now they're they're going straight for exfiltration, so they can say yes, we have a copy of that data, and if you don't pay us something, then we're going to ruin your reputation and we're going to put this on the, on the dark web or yeah. wherever, it, yeah. where, wherever they go to uh, transact in the back rooms. Yeah. That's, that's what, you know, what's called a double extortion ransomware attack. Okay. Right? So double extortion mm -hmm. is you first go in and you steal the data, then you encrypt the data, and then you demand a ransom to decrypt the data. Um, most companies have backup and restore in place, right? They're going to be able to restore their data. It's not going to, it, people are aware of that part of the problem, but it's the stolen data that is then weaponized back against the company. They say, we're going to publish all your client records to the dark web, or we're going to, now we know who your clients are. So we're going to attack your clients, all sorts of weird things that they can do at that point. Uh, and we've seen ransom payouts skyrocket because of the exfiltration part of it. And the bad guys see that too. So you're right. So they're, they're saying now, why, why even bother encrypting the data and trying to set the alarms off through the encryption? Let's just steal it and then prove to them we've got it and tell them, pay us or we're going we're gonna to leak it. And, and incidentally, once they have your data, 
you're 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 negotiating with a criminal, right? So when you say we're going to pay you to give us our data back or to not release the data, you can't trust mm-hmm. these guys. Yeah. They're right, criminals. Right. And I, I know they have whole teams and companies that are hired to negotiate with some of these guys. I, I read like a, a book where you could actually call like a, a cyber cyber criminal negotiator or something. They know how to, they even know some of these groups, right? Because all these groups are named. They have all these uh, really interesting names and Black Cat. And I mean, I don't even know the names, but <laughs> I know that you, you see these different groups and they're like, wow, how do they even think of that name? But I, I want to ask you, Maybe who should be considering cyber vaults? And also, th- there's another term that, that I, I see here, data harbor. Who, who should be considering both of those, cyber vaults and also data harbor for, for ransomware? Well, everybody. I think everybody. I think, you know, if we think about cyber vault or data harbor, uh, that's really the next generation of storage. In, in, a, in a data harbor, it, we can make backups completely secure. So you could take your backup, push it into a data harbor. And it's completely secure at that point. So a data harbor is is a term that Calamu uses, but we think the world is going to embrace data harbor, right? We've got data lake, data warehouse. There's just another kind of safe, secure way to store your data, but it makes your data completely resilient. And it gives it the ability to self-heal from a ransomware attack, um, has zero downtime. When an attack is occurring, the attack is actually absorbed. So there's no ill effect uh, on the network because it's self-healed and there's no lost data. So it doesn't matter if the bad guy gets to your data and steals it. It's there, whatever they steal is completely useless to them. Uh, they technically don't have everything necessary to put back any usable data at all. Yeah. So I, I see here, I'm looking encrypt fragment scatter, which is the cyber storage orchestration. And I see you write out to, some of the other uh, AWS, Google, Cloud, Azure, Wasabi. Okay, yeah, I like those guys. Uh, Wasabi is pretty cool. <laughs> I, I've had them on the show too uh, a few times, and at this point, it's like, who haven't I had on? But this is your first time, so <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, I am glad you're here. Now, one, one thing I just thought about too is that w- when these bad guys are getting getting in, they're stealing production data, so. They don't really have to go after the backup, but they go after the backup because they don't want you to recover. They want you to pay. There would have to be a way to stop them from really getting at that production data. But I guess that's where all the other solutions come in at. That's on the front end of the cybersecurity framework and locking down and maybe segmenting your network and things like that. Are you are you uh, familiar with that or do you have any any suggestions yeah. from that front? Yeah. I mean, we've got, look, there's tons of solutions that try to quickly detect an attack or try to block the attack. There's a lot of great technology available to do that. You know, if we keep the bad guys out, then we don't have anything to worry about. The, the problem is, you know, we read about Las Vegas and, you know, all these other attacks. The attacks are still occurring, right? So even in the most sophisticated defense strategies that we have, the attacks are still occurring, sometimes through human error. Someone clicks on a bad link or you know, sometimes it's brute force or however it, it occurs. Again, the bad guys are ahead of the good guys. What we're trying to do is we're trying to introduce a new way to store the data where the attack is going to happen and we just absorb it. 
So at, at Calamu, we actually start with the premise that the bad actor has reached the data, right? So whatever systems you've got in front of us, there was a, a, a you know, chink in the armor or something broke and they've reached the data. So we don't try to prevent the attack from occurring. We just try to, what well, we don't try to, what we actually do is we absorb it with no damage. So the bad guys are going to move on to another target, right? They're not going to be able to get any data. They're not going to be able to break anything. They're not going to be able to demand a ransom. So they just, you know, it's it's a bad attack for them, for the bad guys. And I know we could, we could go on talking about ransomware and cyber attacks all day long, but I, I want to tap into the, the crystal ball and kind of see where where things are headed with data protection and cybersecurity. Are are you seeing both of those blend? Are, are the lines blurring? Because I know I am seeing the lines blur from backup recovery, storage, and cybersecurity. I mean, they're, they're almost spoken as one unique thing, but you need all of them right together. So what are you saying for the future? Well, look, I mean, one thing that we all know is change occurs regularly, right? And in my career, I've seen so many technological changes and shifts. Um, and we're going through another one right now, right? We're absolutely going through one right now. Uh, we need to have better solutions around primary storage. We need to have better protection in the cloud. Because although there's you know still lots and lots of companies that are still resistant to the cloud, ultimately you're going to end up there, right? Ultimately you're going to be there. Um, so we need to make sure that we've got good systems protected there. But what what we're seeing, and what's really interesting to me, is this kind of merging of primary storage and backup, and storing your data you know, in a primary storage uh, method where it's already backed up as primary storage as active data and it's you know and the way that it's backed up is it's kind of mirrored right so think about if you take a file and you put a file into a data harbor it's going to get uh, fragmented encrypted and then pushed out to multiple physical locations uh, and duplicated so if one of those locations is damaged it could be rebuilt and it could be rebuilt without having to go offline. So the difference between backup and restore today and how backup and restore, in my opinion, is going to look in the future is today you go offline, you go through a restoration process that could take however long, and then you're back online to some prior version of your data. Um, with the merging of primary storage and backup, you never go offline. Your data self heals itself and you, you, you know, there's no downtime. So yeah. Okay. A lot of, a lot of advantages when you merge the two. Okay. Yeah. And what, what is that one thing that you see right now, as you, you look across the horizon of all the different <laughs> platforms that are out there? I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a sea of products, right? Just read about another acquisition today. I won't mention it because the podcast episode will probably be dated by the time I mention it. But <laughs> lots of acquisitions happening, and you know, since we're post COVID, and looks like the feds are holding steady on the rates, so <laughs> they're going to cut us cut us a break right now. What, what are you seeing that's missing out there? If there's one thing that's missing overall across the data protection and backup recovery and, and storage industry, uh, I, you um, know, I think it's I think it is our attitude, it's our attitude and our mindset that has to change. Um, 
there are tons of products that stop or block or detect or deter or monitor, right? There's tons of products that restore to a prior version. What we need to think about is how do we protect the data itself? And how do we put a layer of protection on the data where it doesn't matter if it's accessed by an unauthorized person because it's going to be useless to them? Or it doesn't matter if it's stolen because it's going to be, again, useless to, to the person that stole it. So it can't end up on the dark web. Um, so I would think we re really need to have a change in mindset of how we think about the problem and then embrace technologies that are moving in that direction. Okay, sounds like you're reading some self-help books there uh, attitude and so 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 what are you reading paul what, what's what's your book recommendation for us uh, as we begin to to wrap up here i mean i i read all kinds of books I, I mostly read you know online what's going on in the world today and how is how is technology changing there's a great book that it's a really short read it's a quick read but um it's about data domain in its early days it's called tape sucks uh and <laughs> And uh, it's, you know, it's about backup and how data domain kind of changed the world on, on backup back 20 years ago, you know, or yeah. maybe not that long ago, maybe 10 years ago. But Frank, uh, Frank Slootman, he was the, uh, yeah. was he the CEO of the company back then? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He came in when it was just a tiny little company and got it grown up and uh, acquired by EMC. And uh, he's over at Snowflake now, Frank. Yeah, I think he isn't he also doing something with Rubrik. He's on the board or an advisor or something. You know what? I may have. To, oh, I'm not, I, I don't. I'm not sure of that. I may have I'm to look sure that, that up before, or maybe I have to leave that out. All right. So the world is small, as we know, when it comes to technology. And I've been around for about 20, 20 plus years in in backup and recovery. I was a backup administrator at one point. I started out with TSM at the help desk and uh, kind of move myself around to to sit where I'm sitting today. I, I really appreciate you spending some time with us and giving us some insights around data protection and protecting the world's data as uh, we're all really working to do. Um, one other thing too, before I let you go, is I wanna make sure that the Gumbo listeners know about the Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Uh, that's a group that I run. There's over 25,000 individuals uh, and peers out there having conversations around cybersecurity, storage, backup, recovery, and literally everything under the sun. So please go out there and join the group as well. And uh, Paul, any any final comments or uh, links or shout outs or anything that you, you want to provide to the Gumbo listeners before we close out? Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to do that. I'd like to shout out to my team who's working really hard to take on, a you know, we're, we're trying to make the cyber world a safer place for everybody. Uh, that is what our mission is. And that is a really difficult job. Um, if you'd like to learn more about Calamu, you can go to Calamu on LinkedIn. We'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. It's C-A-L-A-M-U uh, or our website, calamu.com. Uh, and you can check out the kind of the cool things that we're working on and the problems that we're tackling. But really appreciate this opportunity to come on. Yeah, love your show. Love your podcast. Yeah, you've got some really great people on here. Hope I can hold a candle to at least some of them. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity. If not, your your background alone should should give you some kudos because it's pretty slick. I can't wait to share the video. I've had a lot of fun. Yeah, my <laughs> I've had a I've had a very interesting background, a lot of fun, and uh, you know, my background is all about helping organizations and helping governments and branches of the government that have been attacked 
by bad guys. And, I, and just one thing in closing here that we have to think about, we have to remember with the cyber attacks. Cyber attacks are illegal in the U.S. They're, they're state-sponsored in other parts of the world. So they're legal. They're encouraged. These groups have HR departments. They have marketing campaigns. They've got, uh, you know, they're very, very well organized. They're companies. Uh, they raise money, you know, just like you think of a, a startup in the U.S., but they're bad guys. And in their country, they're not bad guys. They're heroes. So we've got a really difficult yeah, problem yeah. with that. That's exactly how they look at themselves, that that they're not bad guys and that, you know what, I just uh, revealed a vulnerability in your network and you should be thanking me because I helped you lock down your your security. I think I read something like that. And that's a pretty horrible accent. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they say, you know, they say, look, you're going to pay a you know big four consultant to come in to help find problems. We're finding the problems. You should pay us as well. That's, their, that's yeah, the way they yeah. think about it, which is, you know. The circle of cyber yeah. life. All exactly. right. Well, Paul, thank you so much uh, for uh, sharing some insights and taking time out of your day for us here at, at Data Protection Gumbo. So hopefully we'll, we'll be able to get you back again in the near future. All right. Great. Sounds great, Demetrius. Thanks. Thanks again for having me on. Really appreciate it. All right. And everyone out there, please make sure you stay secure and back up often.